Welcome to the Eating Habits for Life podcast. I'm Kate Johnston, certified habit coach, wife, stepmom, and former physician assistant. I help career women finally break free from their unhealthy eating habits. If you're ready to start feeling your best, then I can show you how. Let's go. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you're here with me today to talk about something I know you'll find so helpful. There is such a common misconception that you need to have really strong willpower to change your eating habits. I want to offer to you that this is simply not true, which is why I wanted to talk about willpower with you today. Unfortunately, because it's a common belief that changing your eating habits requires a lot of willpower, you can fail to change them due to a few reasons. One of which is that you may not believe you have any willpower at all, so you just never try to change them. Therefore, you have the result of unchanged eating habits. Another is that when you think you have to rely on willpower to change your eating habits, and then that willpower runs out, which we'll talk about later in this episode, you feel like you failed, which leads to unchanged eating habits again. Yet another reason is that when you think that willpower is the only thing that enables you to change your eating habits, you're completely missing out on all of the things that actually do help you change your eating habits. You're kind of completely ignoring them. So in today's episode, I really want to do a bit of a deep dive into willpower and how exactly to get around something called willpower depletion when it comes to your eating habits so that you can successfully get the results you want when it comes to changing your eating habits. I really don't want you to fail to change your eating habits because of one of those scenarios that I just mentioned. I don't want you to have the misconception that you need tons and tons of willpower to change your eating habits or that it's the only thing that enables you to change your eating habits, especially with breaking quote unquote bad eating habits. When you think that it's the only thing that enables you or that it's required for you to change your eating habits, that's indicating that you don't have full control over it. That's kind of admitting that it's something outside of you and that it's not just you that has the control over changing your eating habits. So that's really what I'm all about here is is kind of just letting you know that you are the one that can be in control of your eating habits and then ultimately your results. It's not something outside of you like willpower. And we'll get into why uh, willpower is something that is a little bit outside of you because A, it runs out and B, it really varies person to person. So Over the years, experts have been debating about if willpower is finite or infinite, meaning a limited or unlimited supply. You may have an opinion yourself of if willpower is limited or unlimited. You know, many studies have pointed more toward it being of limited supply, hence where the theory ego depletion eventually came from. So a lot of people Um, scientists and also people in the general public really see it as being of limited supply. And that's not wrong. (laughs) So we're just going to nerd it out for a hot second here. So ego depletion is the theory that you can use up your willpower ability on one type of task, leaving minimal to none for a similar subsequent task. 
So let me just give you an example. Ego depletion would be using so much willpower to eat a healthy breakfast, healthy mid-morning snack, healthy lunch, healthy afternoon snack, and then having no more willpower left for a healthy dinner. You go through all of that effort throughout the day only to let that willpower quote-unquote fail you at dinner time, leaving you feeling really frustrated when that willpower runs out. So the more willpower you have to exert on those earlier tasks, the faster it does run out or depletes. An analogy I came up with for ego depletion to help you better understand would be like a car with a full tank of gas. If that car is climbing up a really steep mountain while pulling a trailer, the tank of gas or the willpower will be used up pretty quickly and may not get you to your destination, right? So contrast this with a car that's not pulling a trailer that is riding on flat, straight highway. That car will get much better gas mileage, therefore the tank of gas won't be as depleted as quickly and will be much more likely to arrive at its destination on that tank of gas. So hopefully that makes sense. Now, willpower depletion versus ego depletion is extremely similar as just the idea that willpower can run out in general. This is why relying on willpower is not effective when it comes to many things, including eating habits, of course. So now I want to ask you a question. I know I won't be able to hear your response, obviously, but I just want you to answer the question in your mind. So the question is, do you think that you have willpower? You personally. So just think about that for a couple of seconds. I don't know what answer you're coming up with in your mind, but I just want to offer you this. Did you know that everyone has willpower, yourself included? Everyone. So you might think, well, maybe I have willpower with some things, but not with others. So that's definitely a very common thought, especially when it comes to eating habits, particularly with sugar. But I want to offer you this. You have willpower even for things you don't think you have willpower for. There will be some situation where you can summon up some willpower for that particular thing. For example, you might have the thought, I would never be able to run three miles. Well, I can guarantee you if your life depended on it, you'd certainly be able to run that three miles. So this is willpower and more specifically willpower that's controlling an action. So why can't we just all rely on willpower? Life would be so much easier. We would just be able to do the things that we set out to do, right? The problem is Willpower varies person to person, situation to situation, meaning sometimes you just don't have control over the amount of willpower that you have. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm all about showing you that you have the control over changing your eating habits. So I just want to offer to you that Willpower is something that you don't have entire control over. So it's not something that you want to be reliant upon when it comes to changing your eating habits. There are so many other things that you can use that you do have control over when it comes to changing your eating habits. So another problem is willpower requires a lot of mental energy. With our brains already being overworked, 
adding willpower on top of that will just drain your brain completely. As a career woman, you don't want to have to use up precious mental energy or brain power, as I sometimes like to call it, when you have so many other things that require your mental energy. This is why I'm going to share one of the ways that you can change your eating habits without having to rely on willpower. That way, you won't have to worry about depleting it. So let's start off with quickly defining willpower before we kind of get a little bit deeper into this. I looked at a few definitions for this podcast specifically, and I liked the one in the Merriam-Webster dictionary the best just for the purpose of today's episode. The Merriam-Webster defines willpower as, quote, the ability to control one's own actions, emotions, or urges, end quote. So willpower can vary in strength and duration for certain people and certain situations. There have been studies to demonstrate this, but take it a level deeper and it can also vary depending upon if it's being applied to an action, an emotion, or an urge. So willpower when it comes to controlling your actions may look like not flipping the bird at someone after they cut you off on the highway. Or it might look like not running up to a stranger and hugging this person out of nowhere, right? So you're practicing self-control with your actions in these scenarios, meaning you have willpower that is preventing you from doing these actions. So willpower when it comes to controlling your emotions might look like say, counting from 10 down to zero if you're feeling an emotion like anger so that you can calm down. It could also look like giving yourself some mental encouragement to increase your confidence before a really important meeting. You're eliciting some control over the emotion here, which is the confidence. Willpower when it comes to urges often means trying to fight an urge, which is actually a really ineffective way to try to control an urge, which will be a future episode. So interestingly, all three of these play a part in eating habits as well. The action part when it comes to eating habits might look like the action of grabbing or actually not grabbing the third slice of pizza putting it in your mouth, chewing and swallowing it when you really want that pizza. Emotional willpower might be taking 10 minutes to relax when you're feeling stressed so that you don't seek out a bag of chips to make you feel better. You're actively using some self-control to not to grab that bag of chips and instead you're choosing to kind of just process that emotion and letting it sort of pass through you. The urge part is just having a sudden urge or craving, say for something sweet that gets more intense, and you use willpower to fight that urge or just allow it to pass, ideally allowing it to pass. So if you break willpower down into these three categories, ask yourself what you feel like is the most challenging for you willpower-wise. So Is it having willpower with doing something, meaning taking an action, or is it willpower with controlling your emotions, or is it willpower with urges or cravings? 
you can probably notice a difference for yourself among the three, right? So for me personally, I probably find willpower with emotions a little bit more challenging than urges and cravings and also more challenging than actions. So for me, my willpower is going to be much stronger with actions and also with urges and cravings. So luckily, there are many ways to get control over your eating habits so that you don't have to rely on willpower, which is what I help women with in eating habit overhaul. And your thoughts are one of these. So again, there are many, many, many different ways, but your thoughts are a really important part of this. So not because of thinking something like, I need to not have that cookie even though I want it, or I should eat that salad instead of the pizza. Your thoughts play a large role with willpower because getting a handle on your thoughts eliminates failure when that temporary willpower runs out. Your thoughts make it way easier to keep going with the actions you need to take to get the results you want. They are key to getting around that whole willpower depletion that I mentioned earlier. Now, certainly when it comes to eating habits or really any habits, there comes a point when you've repeated a certain action enough times in the same context, meaning same time, place, or circumstance, that it becomes a habit and is now on, quote, autopilot. And this is amazing when this happens because it takes less brain energy, which, as I mentioned before, your brain loves. <laughs> your brain wants to conserve that energy. However, until you get there, you'll try to rely on willpower, which never lasts. Because why? Because of that whole willpower depletion. You've probably experienced this before in some way either with eating habits or maybe trying to start a workout routine or get to bed earlier. I personally have always found it challenging to start a habit of stretching. So even though I have a really great handle on my eating, exercise, and sleep habits, I still have to do this work on some other new habits that I'm trying to develop, like stretching. So why do your thoughts matter so much with changing your eating habits? It's because before every action, there's always a thought in your brain. Sandwiched in between that thought and the action is an emotion or feeling. So before every action, there's always going to be a thought that leads to a feeling and then that feeling leads to the action. So thoughts end up causing your actions or behavior. However, thoughts don't go straight to the behavior. There is a feeling or emotion, I use those interchangeably, that occurs in between, even if it occurs just momentarily as it does in many cases. So it's a universal understanding among a lot of the thought leaders and the scientists of the world that your thoughts cause an emotion or feeling which leads to an action or behavior. You may have even heard this before. So you may have noticed also that I use um, action and behavior sort of interchangeably. So Brooke Castillo, she is a master certified life coach and also founder and owner of the Life Coach School. She developed a model that incorporates this whole theory or this universal understanding 
called the self-coaching model, which I won't get into today, but you may have heard of this model or at least of Brooke Castillo. So I just want to give some examples of how thoughts cause feelings, which ultimately then cause behaviors so that you have an understanding. You may have witnessed a work colleague storming off after another colleague said something to him or her. So what the colleague said didn't lead straight to the action of your colleague storming off, even though it may seem like this. So two things happened in between there, a thought and then a feeling. So it may have been a thought like, how could she say that to me? That's so rude. And then what do you think that feeling may have been immediately after that thought? Maybe something like irritation, disgust, or even anger. Whatever the emotion was, that's what caused your colleague to then storm off. So do you see what I mean here? So I'll give you another example. You see your favorite band is playing on Saturday night and you call a friend to invite her with you. Seeing the Facebook event that your favorite band is playing wasn't the direct cause of you calling your friend to invite her. There was a thought and a feeling in between there. The feeling that led to that action of dialing her number may have been something like, I don't know, excitement, right? So so maybe the thought that led to that feeling of excitement was something like, I love that band. I can't believe they're playing locally this Saturday night. I should invite so-and-so to join me. There's always a thought and feeling that come before an action or behavior. So when it comes to eating habits, say you are trying to improve your eating habits because you want to lose 10 pounds, for example. Say you've read that deli meat isn't great for you and you normally eat a deli sandwich and a bag of chips for lunch every day at work, but you decide to switch to salad, which you don't necessarily love. You figure that you'll just eat them because you know they're good for you, right? So you start out going strong with the salads for lunch for two weeks straight, every day of the week, including weekends even, go you. You then get to weeks three, four, and five and really miss that deli sandwich, but you fight through it and rely on that willpower of yours. You use that self-control or willpower to keep eating those salads and not switch back to those super satisfying deli sandwiches and chips. You push through until week six, and then work gets really stressful in the early part of the week. You just can't take eating another salad, so you cave, and you run to the deli during your lunch break to get a sandwich and chips. Have you had anything like this happen to you before? Not necessarily with the deli sandwiches specifically, but a similar situation with a particular food or meal we all have at some point with something. I certainly have. So what went wrong in this situation? Certainly, it would have been helpful to know what to do in a stressful work situation that makes you want to go back to that delicious food. Also, it would have been helpful to maybe set a smaller goal rather than, you know, going from deli sandwiches and chips every day to salads every day, doing something a little bit um, less of a jump might have been easier on your brain. 
These are all part of it, but one important one is that the thoughts that led to the feelings that led to the actions. So what kind of thoughts were you having when you were packing these salads for lunch? Maybe something like, this isn't enough to eat, I'm going to still be hungry, or ugh, another boring salad, or why do I have to eat salads just to lose a few pounds? When you have thoughts like these, what kind of feelings do you think they're going to elicit? Do you think that they'll cause feelings of motivation, drive, pride at caring for your body? No, they're going to cause feelings of disdain or maybe even boredom or doubt, as in doubting that you'll be able to keep up with these changes. So this is when willpower will start to kick in. When the thoughts don't elicit supportive feelings and it's tempting to not do the thing you're intending to do. You try to override that temptation with willpower. You try to use self-control. You use that willpower to, quote, fight through. You use it to try to resist those urges until you can't, until it runs out. Because you're a human and willpower will deplete for most humans unless you're superhuman. Then when a challenge comes up and the willpower has run out, it's very easy to slip back, especially if it hasn't become a habit yet, meaning it's not a subconscious behavior yet. The problem when you slip back is this. It then leads to the thought that you've failed. How hard is it to keep persisting after a thought that you've failed? Really, really hard. So how can you use your thoughts to decrease or even eliminate the need for willpower? That temporary willpower that you know will run out, thus leading to a negative thought and feeling of failure. You work backwards. So you think of the primary feeling that you need to have to drive the actions of continuing to make the eating habit change you're trying to make. So again, you work backwards. You think of the primary feeling that you're going to need to have to lead to the actions or to drive the actions of continuing to make the eating habit changes that you're trying to make. So how to do this? I recommend writing this down in a notebook if you're able to right now, as long as you aren't driving or doing anything that you need your full attention for. So about halfway down the page, write down the specific action or behavior you're trying to do to improve your eating habits. So you can actually do this with anything. If you also want to start an exercise habit, you can do this as well. But, you know, you can use that example of the work lunches. You know, if you wanted to eat a salad, um, say, four out of the five days for work, then write that down in the middle of the page. But you get to choose whatever you want. That was just an example. So write down the this, this specific action that you want to try to do to improve your eating habits. Then above that action... Write the primary feeling or emotion you would need to have to drive that action. Really try to pinpoint it. Get specific. To do this, I recommend that you just Google a list of emotions if you're having trouble getting specific. If you want, you can also write down a secondary emotion, but only do that if you're really kind of struggling with finding one primary. If you feel like 
there's two that are about equal, then just write them both down. Try to pick one out of the two, though, that's kind of more your primary. So once you have the emotion or emotions, write down the thoughts you would need to have to elicit that primary emotion. And you can do the same if you wrote down a secondary emotion here as well. So I recommend writing a list of at least three thoughts per emotion if you can. Now, this part here is really important. You don't have to 100% believe these thoughts, okay? I know this is going to sound a little bit mind-blowing, but sometimes thoughts that are necessary aren't necessarily 100% believable just yet. If they're a little believable, that's totally fine. The reason is this. Your brain is used to thinking a certain way or having certain thoughts. These are called thought habits. When you are in the habit of thinking certain thoughts or having a certain mindset, So another term for this that you may or may not have heard is default thinking. So just like it isn't easy to completely change your eating habits instantly, it isn't easy to change your thought habits instantly either, especially if the new thought is completely at the opposite end of the spectrum as the old thought. So same thing for eating habits. So write down a few thoughts that are believable or at least somewhat believable that you think would elicit the feeling or emotion that you wrote down as that primary emotion that you need to drive the actions that you want to take to reach your results. So once you have these thoughts, practice saying them to yourself, either out loud or just in your head. When you get in the habit of thinking these thoughts, in your head, they start to replace the other thoughts. They start to become your new mindset, at least around eating habits, your body, and food. What you'll start to notice is that when these thoughts become your new thought habits, you'll start to feel those more positive emotions more frequently than you did before. They'll start to replace those more negative ones, which means the negative ones will start to diminish you'll kind of have this shift. And this shift is what's needed to drive those actions that ultimately get you those results. So when the negative emotions diminish, the journey of changing your eating habits becomes a more enjoyable one. You start finding it to be easy to change your eating habits and stick with it. You find it easy to create results. You feel in control of your results and your life. This is what we all want, right? The sense that we get to choose our paths, that life doesn't happen to you, but instead you get to decide. You get to create your life as you go. That's what I have for you today on willpower and your thoughts. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to Eating Habits for Life so new episodes just come up automatically for you. Send this episode to a friend who you think is relying on willpower to change her eating habits. You'll help her out and she'll be so grateful. Take care and I'll talk with you soon. If you're ready to turn your eating habits around for good, then I want to personally invite you to join me inside Eating Habit Overhaul, my program for career women who want to finally break their bad eating habits simply and sustainably. To learn more, head on over to katemjohnston.com 
forward slash eating dash habit dash overhaul. 